Betsy and Thomas here for the American Intelligence Media, and today is uh, July 21st. We're going to decode some Trump tweets. Um, you haven't heard from us in a day or so because we've been working on a very important project on election rigging with Americans for Innovation. And the article that we just released, which is a blockbuster, is located inside the link that I left for you in the description box. And also you'll be able to read these tweets. And then Thomas has put aside all of his geopolitical stuff the last two days and been absorbed in a really amazing project. At the end of this audio, once we finish with the tweets, Thomas will talk about that project so that if you don't want to listen to him any more than you have to, then you know you can cut off. Okay, hi, how are you? Well, I never listen to him myself. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, what you have to say is pretty amazing. Okay, let's um, get started on July 21st. check the trip code there. Oh, no, people do like it when you do that. Well, okay, check Donald Trump at real with the D&T. So the large D and the T actually stands for decoding Trump tweets. And that's what we're going to do. And it is always an honor to attempt to decode a stable genius's brilliant tweets, which in fact are more powerful than the entire mainstream media. Yes. Okay. Inconceivable that the government would break into a lawyer's office early in the morning. Almost unheard of. Even more inconceivable that a lawyer would tape a client. Totally unheard of and perhaps illegal. The good news is that your favorite president did nothing wrong. Yeah, reading in between the lines, that means that he found out that Michael Cohen, his lawyer of a long time, is much dirtier than he ever knew, and that Michael Cohen is basically now equivalent to the nasty bulldog that Robert Mueller is using, Andrew Weissman, who literally has been overturned probably more times than he's uh, been supported in in uh, his cases that he has won. So he, of course, twice, both with uh, Michael Cohen's personal records, he stole them, and he also stole the transition, uh, President-elect Trump's transition team records. Just went in and stole them. This is the way the guy works. In other words, it's an end to attorney-client privilege. Gone. The rule of law, gone. You no longer have any rights. You no longer can even speak to your uh, attorney. And Trump found out that Cohen was taping him, which just shows how dirty he is. But remember, Cohen was involved with everyone, and he's totally corrupt. You need the most corrupt lawyer if you're going to be in the in the tank with the sharks. And so we've even found out now through those things that were stolen from Cohen that he was being paid money to just see if he could have some influence for people in the Trump team, you know, just because he happened to be Trump's lawyer. And then you find out that that's perfectly illegal. That's what lawyers do all the time. Do you know that? I I didn't realize that. That people pay lawyers who are representing people that they want to influence, and they put them on a retainer. And so I guess what, they get inside information? I mean, is that against all the, the what justice is supposed to be about? Oh, that's right. This is fake justice. Okay, now remember, what is this really all about? It isn't about any of that. Here, Well, first off, I'll tell you two things it's about. David Brock paid off five, paid five women to bring false sex charges against Trump. One of them was the Playboy Bunny that's now coming to light. One of them was Stormy Daniels who says she has some uh, evidence, which she doesn't. And what does Cohen do? 
He simply pays them off as they come forward. Why? Because if he can get them to sign a non-disclosure agreement, it's all over. If he can get them to back off for $150,000, then they do. And then David Brock upped the amount. David Brock was paying two fifty. Two fifty a person who wanted to step forward and make false claims against Trump. This was in the newspaper. Brock admitted it. We saw all five of these women. Why does no one remember any of this? Secondly, why are they doing this to Trump? They're trying to provoke him to fire Mueller and end the special counsel and use that as the basis for impeachment. Because on the way Mueller's out. got himself in a corner and he cannot get out. But what's really going on? What we always told you. Trump is innocent. They can try all these dirty tricks, every dirty trick in the book, and then some. Matter of fact, they're creating new dirty tricks just for Trump. And none of them work. They all bounce off him because he's innocent. But then you turn around, and in Hollywood, the globalists have their puppets out there confessing to raping children. How come the media isn't scrutinizing this? This is horrific. Oh, no, no, no. We can't look at any Democrats. No, no, no. No Democrats can be prosecuted in Washington, D.C. And obviously, Hollywood is an extension of that. And basically, the mainstream media is an extension of that. And now we find out Disney is an extension of that, which is part of, of the mainstream media. Of course, we medium. knew this. Yes. Okay, the uh, next tweet. The rigged witch hunt headed by the 13 angry Democrats, and now four more have been added, one who worked directly for Obama White House, seems intent on damaging the Republican Party's chances in the November election. This Democrat excuse for losing the 16 election never ends. This is translated as... Uh, Mitch, Ryan, and the rest of you lazy, bum Republicans besides uh, Rand Paul, who had to stand up for the president because the rest of them were a bunch of soy boy, beta male, pathetic pigs who were just only concerned about their own... Well, they're globalists. Their, their personal political career. That's all they're personally interested in is their own greed. And yes, they sell out to globalism because they pay them off with both hands. But let's look at this one. We told you from the beginning the rigged witch hunt was a continuation to impeach Trump. The second he was elected, they were working on his impeachment, so they called it the Committee to Impeach. Remember, this is Peter Strzok running this with uh, John Brennan from the beginning uh, as they tried to keep up with what uh, Victoria Newland, John Kerry, and the State Department were trying to manipulate through the uh, Trump dossier, which was created by the Democratic National committee so all this was going on and what the witch so when you say the witch hunt it's not just the witch hunt it's the continuation of the crossfire hurricane through all of its 12 13 transformations all led by one person who didn't even have a security clearance through a large portion of it and is we now know the hugest liar you've ever seen on screen that would be peter struck so what is the rigged witch hunt it is an attempt to overthrow then the elections it always was from before Trump was elected, after Trump elect was elected and was president-elect, and then, now that he's elected, still continuing. But what do they want to do? Get Democrats to replace Republicans in the House and the Senate. Why? So that they can overthrow Trump. <laughs> because he's really the only one there. You see, Mitch and uh, the Senate and the Republicans in the Senate and the Republicans in the House, they're pretty lazy. Some of the, uh, some of the ones in... The House, like Jim Jordan, like uh, Matt Gates, like um, Meadows, uh, 
then there's also Grassley, and there's a few others who are working hard. But in essence, these Republicans could have overthrown stupid Mueller's attempted impeachment from the get-go because it was illegally founded and it was nothing more than a continuation of what they had been informed was going on. That's the reason that, that Nunes, Devin Nunes, knew so much. He's part of the Gang of Eight. He's the head of the House Intelligence Committee. So when John Brennan was going around lying to each one of them one at a time, telling them different stories about what was really going on, Nunes knew what was going on, you see. So we have to remember that this is an attack that we have told you is going to go on until the 2020 election to try to basically smear Trump, frame Trump, impeach Trump, overthrow him, a regime change, color revolution, Soros regime change, whatever you want to call it. But that's what it always was. But, but you know what? They're isolated now. They can't go anywhere. And they can just stay there for three years just doing what they're doing. And, you know, and he's immobilized them is what I'm trying to say. It, totally, because why? He stood there and made that slip of the tongue, which caused even more attention <clears throat> to be again focused on the corrupt intelligence community. And we got to see Putin pull pull Robert Mueller's pants down. Remember, this is the Robert Mueller who delivered yellow cake uranium 235. Thank you very much, Gerald. That's a joke. Yes, we know. Okay. Anyway, 235 uh, to Putin himself. Radioactive material he passed on to his good buddy Putin in the plane. There on the tarmac, Putin entered the plane itself. This is all well-known history. They are bunk buddies. You want to talk about bunk buddies? It isn't Trump. Who's against Trump? Mueller. Who also is against Trump? Putin. Now, Trump came out and said he doesn't support Mueller's reciprocal offer that he will give, that, that we should give our Russian ambassador over to Putin's people to be questioned about Bill Browder's ripoff of $1.5 billion, though in fact our ambassador was involved in it. And so are the other people that Putin wants to question. And Putin is happy to let the 12 GRU indicted people that Robert Mueller has indicted and then given over to the Department of Justice National Security Division so it will be hidden so that we will not know what happens with them because Putin called Mueller out during the summit with Trump while they were questioning him during that press conference. And what did he say? Conquered catering in court made Mueller look like an idiot and that it will come out in court and it will be shown that Concord Catering and the other 13 people charged, other 13 Russians charged, are all fake. And that's what he's really implying in all of this. Republicans, get off your rear and do something. I'm the only one fighting here. And every time I stand up, whoever I'm standing up for wins. Have you noticed that, any of you Republicans? Well, I might not be standing up for you next time if you don't get busy and stop the well, stupid Mueller it, uh, it's not even a valid investigation before the election so that it, it can put a lid on this thing. Well, what uh, they haven't realized yet is that we, the people out here, understand who the boss is. We're following the tweets now. And up above, we have two tweets here where uh, the coach is making a recommendation of who he wants on his team. And so we, the people, will go to the polls and we'll give President Trump what he needs for victory. Uh, and so that's what they don't understand. Okay, next tweet. 
No collusion, no obstruction, but that doesn't matter because the 13 angry Democrats who are only after Republicans and totally protecting Democrats want this witch hunt to drag out to the November election. Republicans better get smart fast and expose what they are doing. And they're not, and it's sad, and Trump will still win, and the uh, red wave will still win, even though we now have shown how the elections are rigged, not only with perception management through Facebook and through Google and through every social media, but also through the very machines themselves that can be remotely hacked by any high school student with PC anywhere. It is pathetic. And every one of them, oh, it's convenient. Don't worry. If you want to hack different states, it's all the same software, Optech. And that was in the recent release that you just put out in Truth News Headlines. So do not miss that because it tells you and Betsy is leading you to what you can do to make sure that elections in your area are legal because it is up to us, the electorate, it is up to us, we the people, to make sure the elections are not rigged. The government has rigged them. It's yes. as simple as that. And Our government, the yes. Brits, the people who own the machines, from Jimmy Carter on up, they've been rigged, folks. Okay, uh, that link to the, all that important stuff is inside the description box. Please go there because there's some great ideas of what we can do out here to make these elections better. Okay, and then the last two tweets are recommendations. Uh, Brian Kemp, who is running for governor of Georgia and has my full endorsement, is campaigning tonight with VP Mike Pence. Brian is very strong on crime and borders, loves our military, vets, and the Second Amendment. He will be a great governor. Yes, you see, I think every single person that I've heard him endorse has, went, has won, except the one that uh, Steve Bannon got involved in, the replacement for Sessions. So what we're saying here is, single-handedly, he's able to take elections that don't look good and turn them into Republican victories. Why? Because they're not Republican victories. They're MAGA Republican victories. And now we see MAGA candidates stepping up everywhere and just blowing people away because of the poll numbers radically changing in literally a matter of a week and a matter of a minute with an endorsement from President Trump. So the next one is uh, Troy Balderson of Ohio is running for Congress against a Nancy Pelosi liberal who is weak on crime and borders. Troy is the total opposite and loves our military vets and the Second Amendment. Early voting just started with Election Day on August 7th. Troy has my full and total endorsement. Now, you know, Trump endorses, they win. Bernie endorses, they lose. And what's that crazy communist socialist uh, little girl who doesn't even know anything about politics who just won? You know what? She's just a blip on the Cortez. screen. I don't even remember her name. Her and Bernie are the best endorsement for the Republicans after Trump. Trump is first, but they're second. And if you get Pelosi to endorse you, uh, well, you know, that's absolutely going to guarantee it also. So... I just want to thank them for being so crazy liberal that they went beyond socialism, beyond fascism, into true communism. So, you know, we don't always hang around here doing geopolitical stuff. We actually have a first love, and it's not this. And so since the guys have worked so hard lately on all of this election rigging stuff, Thomas just wanted to get away and do some 
interesting research on his own, and I find it highly interesting. And it's about the spear of destiny, and and uh, you want to talk about it. And, and as you do, he, you may be making reference to a video, and that video is also inside the link. So if you want to view that, well, that video is a video that both you and I have watched. And others in the group, uh, your team and uh, Conclave have all watched before. But we came back to that because of the following. And I, I'm going to throw this out because uh, it's a surprise for you, Betsy. The Highlander is a great movie that is a cult movie. And then it became a TV series. And the premise is that a Highlander, whose name is McLeod, is one of these super beings who comes from an alien planet, they have to fight each other in single combat and they have to cut each other's head off and there's only one. So the phrase is, there can be only one. But in the end, you think he's going to be this violent guy. No, in the end, the one who actually wins and cuts off the head of all the other evil guys becomes the world holder of peace. And the world transforms. There's no more war. And so it's an analogy for the leaders of the world going out there in single combat in the old ways like they used to when tribes ruled the day and having single combat. So those who are obsessed with the cult, I just want to point out that Donald Trump's mother's last name is McLeod and he's a Highlander. He is the Highlander. Okay, may I repeat that in any stronger terms? He is Donald John Trump McLeod. He is like Connor McLeod. He is Donald McLeod. <laughs> and he is the Highlander. And he's going to win, folks. Because in single combat, with every person that has stepped up, they have lost. And the Trump effect has worked. And oftentimes, all he has to do is tweet at them, and they have the Trump derangement syndrome. Well, the so, other day, you were talking about that very thing, and it was exciting. I said, oh, that is a, a, a good analogy. I love it. But since my thumbnail is made... Now... <laughs> on this very... How does that connect? Yeah, tell us about that. Is there such a thing as a sword or a person of power or one person who holds the fate of the world in their hands? Well, there's a, there's a legend. The legend of the Spear of Destiny, it's called. The spear that stabbed the side of Christ. Now, it's a very complicated story. But, in, uh, but unfortunately, people don't get it. And it would take quite a while to explain it. And maybe we will at some point. But the point is, is that Hitler lusted after this spear that had been held by many Germanic leaders all the way back to Otto I. It was given to Charlemagne and has been carbon dated, the Spear of Destiny that is in the uh, reliquary of the Habsburg dynasty. Um, the Kunsthistorisches Museum, I believe it's called the Art History Museum or Anyway, it's that in the Habsburg Palace. And if you go there today, you can see one. There were copies of it made. So you don't know if you're looking at the real thing. But as you're looking at it, you can see that it's a long history. And whoever held it was supposedly the king. And there's legends told that you know when one Germanic leader dropped it, he lost the battle. When another one let it fall in the river and couldn't find it, they killed him. And he was no longer the king. And when other people got it, they became the king. Well, there's legends like that about certain things. And there's relics. But this relic has been carbon dated to um, basically the time of Charlemagne, which is exactly what it's supposed to be. Because that's when it was created. It was created for Charlemagne. Relics were created in those days, just like the Shroud of Turin has now been 
suggested that it was Leonardo da Vinci himself who made it as a relic. Yes, because then the church would earn a lot of money. People would make pilgrimages to the church because of these relics. So if you couldn't find an actual relic, just make one. Exactly. So whether it be the Spear of Longinus, the Roman soldier who stabbed the side of Christ, or whether it's the Spear of Maurice, or it's the Spear of Antioch, or it's the spear that's in the uh, Armenian church, the head Armenian church, uh, or whether it be the spear uh, that were held by Athelstan and supposedly given to Charlemagne, which they weren't, or whether they were the other spears that were made, copies that were made of them. But no matter how you see it, here's the point. People don't understand that when you go to a Catholic church, you can only say mass there if there was a relic in the altar. And even when a Catholic priest in the army, as a chaplain, goes out on the battlefield and says Mass, he has a relic with him. You can't say Mass. You can't do the transubstantiation of water and blood, which is what came out of the sight of the Christ when the spear of Longinus stabbed it, water and blood. The water came out and Longinus, who was blind, became could see because the water hit his eye. Joseph of Arimathea caught the water and the blood in two vials, and those are the vials of the Holy Grail. So there's all these complicated legends I could go into for hours and hours and hours, as you know, because I've been, you know, you know, I've been studying this, but also because I've loved this for a long, Boy, long time. Well, your whole life you've studied this. Yes, I've gone there. I've looked at this and, spear. I've checked out whether mm-hmm. it had the vibes on it, you know. You've sat in Charlemagne's throne. Oh, I did. Don't, don't tell people that. It's illegal. You're not supposed well, to. Well, that was a long time ago in your hippie days. Yeah, you're not supposed to climb over that fence and then go then okay. and then sit on Charlemagne's <laughs> throne where all of these emperors who held the spear of destiny, mm-hmm. which then came to the Habsburgs, they revered this spear revered it so much that they believe it gave them power. And so whether you're the Highlander and you're in a single one-on-one battle with a sword until somebody's head's cut off and then you become the ruler of the whole world and you bring peace, or whether you take the spear that stabbed the sight of Christ, which wasn't a spear to kill him, it was the spear of mercy, it was the spear of grace that brought his blood to the earth, according to the legends, and redeemed the earth. It's the way the legends go. I can go on and on about legends. Don't ask me what I believe. That's another whole story. So we have been finding copies of these things. We've been finding the real story. And we have now, through the help of some geniuses, figured out this story. And then all of a sudden, you and I were talking with other members. And we said, well, wait, didn't we saw a movie on this before. And we're going, yeah, that's right, we did. And we couldn't remember the movie. We found the movie. So you've posted it. When you look at this movie, it's going to shock you a little bit because... What it tells you is that the founders of Cicada 3301, who, of course, you know we've been working with, who they also founded Q and on initially for the first two months, and we were working with, and somehow they were working with us and we didn't even know it. Anyway, our relationship with them, which has gotten deeper and more members have become friends, we've gotten so deep into this that then when it came back on us as we looked at this movie for the second time... And now we know the people. And now we know them, uh-huh. and we know DeFango. We interviewed DeFango. We saw that he held it, and then mm, what happened to him? Well, you can make your own judgment. But the point is is that certain people have held it, and they've been healed, and other people have held it, and whatever. So we're looking at this to find out how the Spear of Destiny that the Habsburg have, has, the Spear of Destiny that the Habsburgs have, I don't know, Uh, that's probably not the most real one because there are others 
and one specifically connected to Cicada 3301 that has been carbon dated back to the first century for the metal spearhead and this uh, and the staff, the shaft of ash wood, perhaps, has been carbon dated back to, I believe, the 8th century or... I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, so don't misquote, I'm not going to misquote it on that. You'd have to see the movie, I believe, the 8th century, 8th or 9th century. But anyway, concurrent with what would have been um, Constantine and Helena's and all these discoveries, and also it's concurrent with what were the earliest discoveries in the um, uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which was held sacred by the Templars and the Crusaders and also the Mount of Zion, called the Prior Zion, which was the first Christian church, which was logical for it to have been found, to have been held in, until it moved to Antioch. And uh, at some point, before the Battle of Antioch in 1098, I believe. And then during that battle, it was dug up in the oldest church, really in Christendom, besides what I call the Prior to Zion. Some others would call just the Mount of Sion or the Upper Room, it was called, or there were other names for it. But that place in Jerusalem. Then the first place was where Mary, you know, um, well, uh, Mary on her way uh, to Ephesus uh, and many others, uh, Mark and Luke and uh, Andrew and Peter. But at Antioch, Peter created a church. And during the siege of Antioch, somebody had a vision and said, dig this up. It's the spear. And so they dug it up and they found the spear. Well, no matter what, that spear was then used, no matter what you think of it, that spear was then used to lead the Templars from then on. And so one could call that the Spear of Antioch. And it seems as if that may be, and this is sheer speculation on our part, we have to talk further with with uh, the, some of the members of Cicada who are very, very hidden and don't come out often, at all, uh, uh, very, very seldom, uh, because we have certain speculation we need answered on. We're going to talk to them soon. But as we are lining up to help Cicada in their release of their new Cicada 3301 puzzle, we were linked with them in um, giving our interpretation, you could say, of their last puzzle, which then they say we passed the test. And so we are now uh, friends, friends of Cicada three three round. We do not solve the puzzles. We do not do cryptology with computers. But no, we play the glass bead game because we want a more uh, a humanitarian approach to it. Because not everybody can approach this great solution and revelation in math. Some do it through art and words and literature and humanities, religion. And so this is the glass bead game. So as they are playing Q and Cicada 3301 is doing puzzling in that way, we established back in 2014, we started putting our material online and coming from a different direction, which we call the Temple of Wisdom, the glass bead game. And essentially we became friggin' Odin. Now, some of you are going to say, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, not Frigg and Odin. Frigg and Odin. That's what I said, Frigg. I know, but you slurred it, so and it sounds Odin. like Frigg Odin. F-R-I-G-G, and you can add an A sometimes, Frigga, and Odin, O-D-I-N. And when we founded uh, with our groups the American Intelligence Media, it was kind of a joke, and it was going to be, uh, not a joke, but it's well, a reality. It's a joke. We were working hard it's, at putting it's these It's Betsy and out. her team predict things. And Odin, me, and my team, Betsy and her team, we predict things. And then we sit around and we bet pieces of cheesecake and 
all kinds of cookies. We bet on what's going to happen because we have to we try to get the most intelligence we can get together. Now, how does we've explained this to you before? So if you don't know this, it's part Let's of the class. Let's get back to the game. spear of destiny. I'm going there. Okay. So what is the symbol of aim for truth? Why are we aiming for truth? We're using the spear of Odin called Gungnir. It never misses. So you see two spears. And you see a star at, one, at the end of each of them because they're in motion and they never miss. One is Betsy's and one is Thomas's. One is Frigg's. Which one are is our avatars for playing in this glass bead game at this level. You move through different levels and our identities take on different avatars. And so the spear and aim for truth just coincidentally before we had any idea and now it comes back to us as we are linking up with more and more cicada 3301 and the excellent work that they're doing that the spear is also a very central core element of one aspect of cicada 3301 and those people who are um, the geniuses who get to uh, the solution of the puzzle and then get to even deeper uh, puzzles that are connected to to uh, the, a spear, uh, and you yourself must judge on whether this what what it is. That's not for us. We we don't we're not we don't know, but we can say that after a lifetime of study, particularly because many of the people who are on the other side of the bridge with the glass bead game who study anthroposophy, the work of Rudolf Steiner came to Rudolf Steiner through a book called The Spear of Destiny, which was all about Hitler's lust to get that spear in his hand so he could be the ruling power on the earth. And what we are telling you is, we do what we do to be the accurate spear of Odin and Frigg to give truth news headlines and anonymous patriot intelligence reports to Trump so that he can really... Uh, become the Highlander and really become the victor who brings peace to all.